We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. And yes, I'm live. I'm live on a Friday for the first time in a long time. Welcome to The Core. This is Walker Wildman. Glad to have you with us today on the program. Hope you've been enjoying our good friend Rick Green, America's Constitution Constitution Coach and founder of Patriot Academy. Hope you've been enjoying Rick on Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's been hosting the show on those days. Uh, AFR.net is our website. As I mentioned, each time I host the show, AFR.net is the website. And when you eat lunch 15 minutes before the show, you have to clear your throat because uh, you drink a large soda. Uh, That's what happens. So I apologize for that. Bobby's... Bobby's getting a getting a chuckle out of you that. I love that because he's like, this guy just says what's on his mind. I cannot control him. <laughs> I don't want to, for better or worse. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby, for accepting me for who I am. Amen. <laughs> hey, uh, AFA at the core is the name of the show. You can listen live on our website afr.net. You can listen live on our website afr.net. You may as well download the American Family Radio app. American Family Radio app, it's free. Yes, it's free. No gimmicks, no tricks. We don't even ask for any information. Go to your app store on your mobile device, on your tablet device, type in AFR or American Family Radio, click the download button, and then you can not only listen to live content, but you can also listen to past shows of the core, past episodes of the core there on the American Family Radio app. Our streaming service has been launched or I launched in November of 2021. It's still going strong today. Streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. We have many of your favorite shows uploaded there from the AFR network. The Core is there, the Hamilton Corner, Today's Issues, Airing the Addisons, and if, that's just uh, to name a few. But you don't just get that when you go to the streaming platform. You get all of our documentaries. Yes, we've produced documentaries, full feature-length documentaries, The God Who Speaks in His Image. Uh, That's just to name a few. We have our Cultural Institute series where we bring in experts on on biblical issues, biblical matters, and they speak to those matters. Um, So that's just, uh, there's just a lot of great content there. You can either create a free account by just creating a username and password, or you can uh, donate monthly, become a great commission partner, and that'll just open the door to get access to everything on the platform. And uh, you can uh, stream up on up to five devices. You can stream on up to five devices simultaneously. So uh, that's our streaming platform that we built, that we launched, and we are in the testing phase of the live streaming option, which means you can watch the core live on our streaming platform without having to go to Facebook or YouTube or some third-party platform. You can do it on our own site. So we're working on that now. We're testing it now. I actually saw a version of it the other day. 
So it's coming along uh, quite nicely. Psalm chapter 21 is where we are this week in Scripture for the show. Psalm chapter 21. Let me just read Psalm chapter 21 for us. O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices. In your salvation, how greatly he exults. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with rich blessings. You set a crown of fine gold upon his head. He asked life of you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever, his glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you bestow upon him. For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. And I could keep going about the king here, little K king, not the king of kings and lord of lords. Verse 7 through 13 continues this emphasis on this earthly king. But what I want to point out is not about the king, but what made the king great. What made this earthly king great? The Lord. The Lord made this king great. If you remove God's relationship and God's blessings upon this king, then this king is nothing. This king is nothing. Verse 1, O Lord, in your strength the king rejoices. In your salvation how greatly he exults. You, Lord, have given him his heart's desire, so you remove God, King of kings, Lord of lords, you remove him from this king's life, then this king is nothing. And that's that's uh, the same that can be said about you and me. You take out the Lord's blessing on our life, you take out, you remove the Lord from our life and the work of the Holy Spirit, we are nothing. And so everything about us as believers in Jesus Christ as the Son of God for eternal salvation, everything about us as believers should be tied up in the work of God in our life. And when you remove that, um, it it ends up in a, in, a, in a not good situation, to put it lightly. So uh, we all need to be tethered to our Creator, be tethered to the Lord. Anything good about us, anything great about us comes from our Creator. Uh, moving into... A topic I wanted to discuss, this is not a news story, but this is just a topic that I wanted to hit on before we jump into some of the news of the day, which there is plenty. But, you know, one of my callers on Wednesday, and when I have callers that just open up a a rich topic, I just it's hard to just close that. It's hard to just end that. I mean, you just want to dwell there. And one of the callers on Wednesday mentioned, you know, that he believes that America's institutions are hopelessly gone, they're hopelessly lost, they are uh, unable to be repaired, unable to be restored, and we should just uh, pray and share the gospel. And that's a paraphrase of what he said there, but basically we should just uh, share Jesus with people we see and pray and do no more. But the question we should always ask, although some people's statements and feelings might seem virtuous on the surface, or noble on the surface, we have to ask ourselves, what does God's Word say about this? What does God's Word say about this? 
and the the fatalistic view is actually fairly popular amongst the Christian community, amongst Bible-believing Christians, maybe not faithful believers, but it's pretty popular amongst Christians. This view that the world, that we are in the end days, which no nobody's disputing that we're in the end days, but so what? So we're in the end days, and what does that equal? Does that equal inaction or putting our hands under our you know, seat, sitting on our hands? What does being in the end days equal? To me, if we all agree we're in the end days, then we should be even more fervent in doing what God has called us to do, right? Because the time is near. That's what Scripture says. Even the apostles. I mean, these were the apostles that were there with Jesus. Even they, uh, were, 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 they had the end times mindset. The apostles, they thought Jesus, when Jesus said, I'm going to come again, they thought he was thinking like, like next month in human terms. And so they're scrambling with fervency to spread the gospel. But when you look in Scripture, as it, result, as it relates to our, our situation that we're in, the context that we live in, the historical nature that we live in, Let's listen to this mandate, and we're all familiar with this. Matthew 28, verse 19, this is Jesus speaking. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All right, that's the Great Commission mandate, as it's called. So if we're to go and make disciples, which as believers we should all subscribe to that, we should all agree to that because that's the words of Jesus. That's the words of Scripture. What does it mean to be a disciple? So if we're to make disciples, then we, we must already be disciples, right? Because how can you make something that, that which you don't know? How can you replicate if you yourself are not transformed? Go, therefore, and make disciples. So if we're supposed to be disciples in order to make disciples, then what is a disciple? Is a disciple just supposed to live out God's commands when we go to church? Is a disciple supposed to just live out God's commands when we're around people who agree with us? Are, 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 are disciples just supposed to live out God's commands and be obedient to Christ when things are going our way? No. The answer is no. Our duty as Christians is to be obedient to God's commands no matter our situation. And to be salt and light, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So the calling to the believer, to the 2022 Christian, whether you live in America, whether you live in China, or whether you live in Turkey, or any other country on this earth that God created, our calling is all the same. Yes, we live in different places. We live in different, uh, we're, we're presiding in different areas. We are all have our own different circumstances unique to us, mostly, sometimes, not all the time. But we're supposed to be salt and light everywhere. And that includes being salt and light as it relates to civic engagement. When we go to the ballot box, which let's remember, folks, not everybody in this world has the right to vote to elect for leaders. Not everybody in this world has the right to run for public office and govern the nation, the state, the county, the city, or whatever context you're talking about. And the fatalistic view that we should all just disengage from what some view as irreversibly damaged institutions in America, what does that what what is the end result of that? Number one, that's not biblical. You can find nowhere in Scripture where it encourages Christians to disengage. Disengagement is a tool of the enemy. But number two, what's the practical result or practical outcome of believer disengagement? The outcome of that, it's a self-fulfilled prophecy in that the pagans will run everything. Do we want the God-hating pagans who want to murder babies to be in charge of every institution until Jesus comes back? I hope not. I don't think so. Christians need to fight to be in charge of whatever institution we can be in charge of. Why? So we can use those institutions and point them towards God's purposes. AFA at the core will be back in just a few minutes. Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. After Jesus resurrected their brother, Lazarus, Martha and Mary hosted a dinner party in their Bethany home. You can imagine the excitement and the buzz that swirled through the town and the number of people who came because the rabbi had returned. Martha busied herself with preparations. Mary sat at Jesus' feet, basking in his teaching. Life's demands can easily consume our focus, but one thing is necessary, that we remain at Jesus' feet, anchored in his word. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. 
As our kids go back to school, whether in person or remotely, time spent around the dinner table becomes extra important. And don't fall into the how was your day trap. Researchers have found that we humans have often formed our opinion of the day as a whole using something called the peak end rule. Basically, whatever the biggest, most memorable moment, good or bad, completely decides how we feel about the day. Rather than ask, how was your day, try, how did you see God at work today? This resets the automatic inclination to resort to the peak end rule and refocuses our eyes on finding God's goodness in our lives, which ultimately leads to happier, more joy-filled family conversations. Like what you've heard? Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Millions of persecuted believers, they're suffering and they can use your prayers and financial support right now. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International in the country of Zambia, the place where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. Shadrach is an elder in a shanty church. He had word that there was an attack coming one Sunday and sure enough, 20 radicals showed up in attempt to kill all the Christians gathered for worship in that service, about 200 in number. Now in self-defense, Shadrach had a handgun. He used it on a man named Ishmael, didn't kill him, but he injured him but nursed him back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of the man's livestock. The daughter of that man could not read, could not write, so Shadrach would teach her to read and write using a Bible League program. And I can tell you, in grateful response, the entire family and 80 former radicals have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. They need Bibles at $5 a Bible. Would you pray about it? And then call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org work. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Well, as I mentioned last segment, Christians should want to be involved, should want to be engaged in every facet of society. And, uh, and should want to point people uh, to Jesus Christ in all that we do and to be salt and light because uh, we need, and just covering the stories on the show, we need Christians in charge. We need Christians in positions of leadership and influence so that <clears throat> institutions and, and other organizations and entities can be steered in a direction, can be pointed in a direction, that honors our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, moving to some of the stories I want to get to today, the uh, clip I mentioned earlier in the week about President Biden um, and his blunder, blunder or not, I don't know, but President Biden definitely used the word child when describing abortion. Uh, he definitely used the word child when describing ab- abortion. This is about an 18-second clip. Let's listen to this. So the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child based on a decision by the Supreme Court, I think goes way overboard. Wow. Quote, so the idea that we're going to make a judgment that is going to say that no one can make the judgment to choose to abort a child 
because of a decision by the Supreme Court goes way overboard, end quote. That's Joe Biden, the president of the United States. At least they realize it's not a clump of cells anymore. Yeah, he just uh, admitted reality, probably accidentally, uh, because he's never following the teleprompter and he's hardly ever following the talking points of the party. But this is the reality. And this is the truth. And as Elizabeth Warren said, she's exactly right. We have been, Christians have been scheming. I think to say Republicans have been scheming is to give the Republican Party a little too much credit. Christians, oh, we're getting into Christian engagement. Hmm. It seems to come around on every topic. Christians, those who believe that life begins at conception and life should end at natural death and there should be no man made man intervention that ends the life of a human anywhere in between that. Yes, Christians have been scheming for decades, ever since 1973, to end this horrendous act of abortion. And as I've said on the show before, the goal is clear. It's never been more clear. And that is to end abortion around the United States and end abortion around the world. That is the goal. That is the charge. Why? Because all men and women are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's directly from AFA's core values, sanctity of human life. And so really ending Roe versus Wade, overturning Roe versus Wade would allow states in the United States to outlaw or regulate abortion. That's really just the beginning point. Why? Because then we have to move and ensure in all 50 states Babies are protected. Babies are protected, and it's a child. Yes, it's a child, whether it's a three-week-old child or a full-term 40-week-old child. It's a child. And ending the life of a child is evil and should not be tolerated and should not be allowed and should not be accommodated under law in the United States of America under any state law. Life should be protected. So that's our goal. That's our aim. Overturning Roe versus Wade is just one step in a long march to ending abortion across the United States. Moving to the uh, 2020 election, you know, many people want to move past this. They don't want to talk about it. And and I haven't really harped on it, I would say, on the show, just because there's there's well, there, there's some information out there, but not a lot, at least not from not all from credible sources. And But uh, Dinesh D'Souza put together this documentary, and um, it's called 2,000 Mules, and it is first class. I haven't seen the entire documentary. I saw the trailer and read up on it, but this is first class. And we all know that there were shenanigans in 2020. That could have been—we knew there were shenanigans the night of. 
It didn't take, you know, master reporting to figure that out. But there, there, was, there was reporting from multiple states, dozens of states, as far as what's going on here and what's going on there. And, you know, Dropbox is here and Zuckerberg's there, Zuckerberg's there. And, well, what's illegal, what's not, what's, uh, what's uh, inappropriate, but maybe not illegal. There was some of that going on, such as um, Jeff uh, Zuckerberg, founder and CEO of Facebook, spending tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars around the country to run these election offices, to run these offices, uh, these government offices that were uh, responsible for overseeing the election, uh, that wasn't explicitly illegal in some states. It was permissible under law. Um, And so that's been corrected in some states. But I want you to listen to this uh, trailer called 2000 Mules. This is a documentary put together a film put together by Dinesh D'Souza. But listen to the details here because what what the focus is in this film, the focus is on the drop boxes and the individuals around the country that were paid by the left, paid for by the Democrats to harvest thousands and thousands of ballots from people who probably wouldn't otherwise vote, and, and some of these were probably illegal votes, and dump them into these drop boxes around the country by the tens of thousands. Clip six, let's listen. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Let me say it again. The 2020 election was the most secure election in American history. Let me begin by asking a very simple question. Do we know the truth about what really happened in the 2020 election? I think millions of Americans know something went wrong and they have little pieces and no one's really put it together. I'm agnostic on this question and I I am awaiting more information. If I believed the president were a Nazi, I might steal an election. Bold accusations require bold evidence and they haven't seen it. We have been working on something big. Show me the money. Can we meet? I've been working with Greg Phillips. He has a deep background in election intelligence. True the Vote has the largest store of election intelligence for the 2020 elections in the world. No one has more data than we do. We identified in Atlanta 242 mules that went to an average of 24 drop boxes. But Philadelphia alone, we've identified more than 1,100 mules. What is a mule? Person picking up ballots and running them to the drop boxes. This is not grandma walking her dog. Bad backgrounds, bad reputations. They are interested in one thing, that's money. And in no shape, in no way, in no time, is that legal. This is organized crime. Do you have video evidence? Four million minutes of surveillance video around the country. What you're about to see is disturbing. So this is uh, one o'clock in the morning. Don't we all vote at one o'clock in the morning? (laughs) On one night, this person, this mule, went across six counties to 27 different drop boxes. I call it the Mexican mafia, seriously, uh, because they they work like that. This is jaw-dropping. What you showed is frightening. It's just sickening to me. 
Now we come to the most important question of all. Was the magnitude of vote trafficking enough to tip the balance in the 2020 presidential election? It's not a leap to say this would have made a difference. They have ruined election day in the United States of America. That's provable. And that's enough for me to fight the left with every fiber in my body. Without free and fair elections, we are not a democracy. We are a criminal cartel masquerading as a democracy. 2,000 mules. All righty, that's about a three-minute trailer there. That is going to be jam-packed. May 7th is when it releases tomorrow in uh, select theaters and online as well in the next few days. But the uh, film there is called 2,000 Mules, and it's, uh, it's, it's playing on the, uh, the human smuggling operation. The word mules is playing on we have the put together, human I smuggling the operation. Most- and what it, what it does is it outlines all of the people, all of the mules, if you will, that were going around uh, balloting, uh, harv- harv- uh, ballot harvesting around the country. Ballot harvest. You heard uh, the uh, lady, her name is, she's with True the Vote. Her name's Catherine Engelbrook. But she's talking about in that in that trailer there, she's talking about one one fella uh, made a, a trip to twenty like 26 uh, county drop boxes in one night, <laughs> dropping off dozens if not hundreds at each drop box. And this is illegal in some states. I know in Georgia, uh, you can only give your ballot for to a family member or a caregiver to drop off at a drop box. By the way, why do we need drop boxes? Genuine question. Well, probably not genuine because I'm probably about to answer why we don't, but <laughs> serious question. Why do we need drop boxes? Everybody, we, we already have mail-in balloting, so why drop boxes? By the way, voting is one of the most important things you can do in American society and American civics. And people can't set aside an hour to go vote. We set aside an hour to do all kind of stuff. Half of it, probably not very important when it comes to American democracy. But we're throwing out these drop boxes, and we don't know who on earth's putting these ballots in these drop boxes. Actually, Dinesh D'Souza does because he researched it. You know, but this is ridiculous. We don't need drop boxes. Go vote. Go stand in line and go vote. Go stand in line and go vote because... We must maintain, and in certain areas of the country, we must restore faith in the process. And we must make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. Easy to vote and hard to cheat. And you do that by having uh, identity verification, government-issued ID used at the ballot box, like we do here in the state of Mississippi and other states across the country. If you don't have your ID, you don't vote. If you don't have your ID, you don't vote. If you don't have your ID, you can't buy tobacco. If you don't have your ID, you can't fly. But we can, the Democrats' view is, well, you need your ID to, 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 to fly. You need your ID to 
do this, to do that. But if you want to vote, you just should need it. You just should need it. And boy, is that not true. Let's listen to one more clip. This is um, this is clip three. This is uh, True the Vote founder and president Catherine Engelbrock talking about all the ballot drop box visits by paid operatives in 2020. Clip three. Let's listen. In the 2020 election, there were drop boxes put in place at a scale that had never before been seen. There were a lot of promises made about surveillance video being attached to all the drop boxes and standards being enforced, but none of that really happened on scale. And so what we, well, right, so what we decided to do was basically geofence. It's sort of a a digital way to put a, a net around each drop box. And then wanted to find out if a phone, if if individual devices crossed through that net, really what turned out to be an extraordinary number of times. Over the five states and the five jurisdictions that we studied, in order to make the level of study, the average number of Dropbox visits was 38. 38 Dropbox visits into the, you know, and, by the way, also including um, the visits to the nonprofit organizations. So... There's definitely a pattern here, and then increasingly now, as we're seeing video come out, we're able to match the Dropbox pings with the video, and you see it for yourself. When you can match those in the states that had video, you see people stuffing in ballots. You know what's disappointing is that this is private money, private entities doing the investigating. They're doing good work, don't get me wrong, but where is... I don't know, the FBI? Oh, they're too busy investigating J6 J6 insurrectionists. People who dare to trespass on Capitol grounds. The grounds that their tax dollars pay for. So the FBI is too tied up investigating Donald J. Trump and January 6th trespassers. And too busy covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story and acting like it doesn't exist, even though they're supposed to be in possession of the laptop. Meanwhile, we've got Zuckerberg and others funneling money into blue states, into blue cities, paying people to harvest ballots and dump them in drop boxes by the thousands. The evidence is clear. The evidence is there. But the people that can do something about it just don't want to see it. We need more people of integrity running our elections. AFA at the core. Be back in a few. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God. And our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In Matthew 24, Jesus said that in the end days, persecution would increase. In 2022, the persecution of Christians is at an historic high, yet most people are unaware. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, host of Stand in the Gap Weekend, heard Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. While we can pray for the persecuted, we can do more. Join me and Dee Dee Logison of Save the Persecuted Christians as we give the facts about worldwide persecution, Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. 
80% of the time, an abortion-minded mother who views an ultrasound or sonogram of her baby will choose life. Here's the story of Candace. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. There are currently pre-born centers which do not have an ultrasound machine. Would you sponsor a machine today? Dial pound 250 and say keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Or go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Your love could save a life. The American Family Association presents the Marriage Family Life Conference 2022, along with a youth apologetics track. The Marriage Family Life Conference does not exclude children on purpose. It's, it's built, built in. in. We want families to come. And the thing is, if you look at what people who hate God are doing, they are going through After. great lengths to indoctrinate our children. Yes, And so that's this right. is a, a chance to be on offense. They're going to be equipped. You know, at the same time you're being equipped, we care about what's happening with our children. Please join us for this year's conference, July 7th through the 9th at the Bancourse South Arena in Tupelo, Mississippi. Register now at marriagefamilylife.net. Better hurry, though. Registration ends on May 15th. We're just looking for ways to help equip families for what's going on. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you back back with us on the show. Well, ever so often we have individuals on who are looking to make a difference, to be engaged in in American politics and American civics, and so we like to have them on to discuss uh, their work. We have on with us right now Tim James. Tim's running for governor in the state of Alabama, just right next door to us. Tim, welcome to the core. Walker, good to be on the show. I hope you're well. Yes, sir. Doing well. Uh, uh, you came by our headquarters just a few months ago, and we were able to meet for the first time. And uh, I know you've been around the uh, Christian and conservative movement for, for some time now, so we were able to make those connections. Well, uh, Tim, tell tell our audience before we jump into the governor's race. Tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you, Walker, and it was it was a delight to meet you and and your group and your family. Um, uh, many months ago, I guess we when was it? I guess that was in November, maybe or something like that. So a little time has gone by. Yeah, uh, I, I've got I got four I got four boys under five. So I uh, you know yesterday yeah, is the same as three years ago. <laughs> I remember. I remember. You know, I had my older two went to the University of Mississippi, so I know that area well. We spent about a decade going back and forth to Oxford, so it was a fond memories. But yes, uh, we are in a governor's race, and it's a very typical type governor's race in the state of Alabama. Um, you know, my background, I, I went to Auburn University, and I'm married to my 
my bride of 38 years, and I guess she's going to keep me around. Probably <laughs> she's got so much invested in me. And we have three adult children and three grandbaby boys that are the joy of our life. And, you know, I ran, Walker, as we talked, I ran for governor last in 2010 and effectively missed the runoff by 158 votes. And it really was the election. I thought I'd never do it again. But a little over a year ago, I just had the call or an unction of the pull back into this. And, uh, you know, my family and I, my children, my grandchildren, we got together Thanksgiving and made a decision. And I guess the reason I'm in it is I just think that it's the, it's the, the, the binoculars or the scope of which I see the, the nation. I think we're hanging in a balance, and I think if good people do not engage, we could lose the nation. Mm. And this assault on, our, on us is, is what this is: is warfare, it's spiritual. It's a, it's an attack on the culture of this nation, our Judeo-Christian foundation. And that's that's how it always is, though. You know, if you're if you're going to destroy a nation, Marxist, they're gonna they're gonna try and annihilate your your values and your culture and your in in for in in our case of course a judeo-christian foundation you know Tim, for that reason that's the reason i guess i my family decided to do this you know tim uh to your point about the marxist and uh and the god haters attacking our country and how this is ultimately a spiritual battle not against flesh and blood although it seems to carry itself out that way this is more about spiritual warfare oh, yeah. but when you talk about spiritual warfare We've got to have fighters, Tim, and I think that's what makes you a little different than others is you're willing to fight. We need more fighters in this country because, look, the enemies who want to destroy our country, they themselves are fighters. They're just fighting for the wrong thing. Well, they are, and, you know, this is this is really nothing new. You know, we have the country, fortunately, is beginning to truly an awakening is underway. And people, after watching what's going on, what's happened in the, the crazy mandates and the masking and everything and the COVID and the lies and everything that's gone with it, you know, that's really just a an, a, a level of, of, of attack that's just in, in that's of the attacks or another round that's been going on since the 60s to, to remove God uh, from every, every corner of America in every institution. First, they removed prayer from our schools. Then, of course, they uh, the Supreme Court in Roe ruled that it was the law of the land, attacking our children and, and you know God's creation. And then in 2016, Obergefell, the court uh, out of the blue, uh, redefined the definition of marriage, all of which are state questions. And uh, I think we're living in a, in a fascinating time. This thing going on with Roe and the way this 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 week's news and the, the leaks and all this this is fascinating to me. And I, I don't think it's going to work. I think I think this thing is tipped. Mm. I think Roe is going down, but it's, it's bigger than that, Walker. Because you know the 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 legal construct of Roe is the same as it was with Vitale and versus Engel and yes. Obergefell versus Hodges. It was all jurisdiction. Yep. And if if now Roe goes down because the courts read the feds did not have jurisdiction in Roe, that means they didn't have it in Obergefell and neither did they, they have it in Vitale, mm. which means school prayer 
should be the law of the land in each state as adjudicated by the states, as should gay marriage, as should abortion. Mm. So we're living in good times, I'm telling you. Amen. You know, Tim, I talked about I think, it. I, t- I think it's turning. Yeah, I talked about it at the beginning of the show, but, you know, God God is not done with humanity. If he was, he would send Jesus back, and we would have final judgment. God is clearly not done with humanity. He's clearly not done with this nation, and he uses nations throughout human history for his purposes. And so as Christians, we got to be here, and we got to fight, uh, because if we don't, we're going to have to answer for that. If we sit here and do nothing and sit on our hands— um, and, and whine and complain about stuff and don't act, uh, then then God's going to have to, uh, he's going to judge us for that is what he'll do. And so, uh, Tim, I appreciate you fighting. Please appreciate you having some courage there in Alabama. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the core, and we'll have you on again sometime soon. Walker, thank you so much, and God bless you, and I hope to see you soon. All right, Tim James running for governor in the state of Alabama. That's Tim James running for governor in the state of Alabama. This is uh, AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Glad to have you on with us on the show today. Hey, if you want to go back and listen to all of Tim's interview or go back to listen to past interviews this week or in any other episode, uh, don't forget that you can go to AFR.net, click on the AFA at the core podcast, and then you can get past shows there. You can do the same thing on the app. You can do the same thing on the app. Download the American family radio app, go to the AFA at the core show page, And you can listen to today's show and past shows all there on the American Family Radio app. Uh, Jumping back into some of the stories for the day, I wanted to play this clip. This is out of uh, the U.S. Senate. And, you know, President Biden set up within a week of Elon Musk announcing that he was going to buy Twitter. The Biden administration set up this disinformation board within the Department of Homeland Security. And these these are the these are the folks that that rely on disinformation to operate. I mean, if you take out disinformation, the Democrat Party doesn't exist. And Senator Rand Paul, speaking of courage, speaking of backbone, Senator Rand Paul had the courage to let the DHS Secretary Mayorkas know that the master leading purveyors of disinformation is the government itself clipped for. Do we have policies? Do we have guardrails? Do we have standards? Yeah, but here's the to problem. Ensure? We can't I even mean, agree. We can't even agree what disinformation is. This is you well, can't even agree that it was disinformation, that the Russians fed information to the Steele dossier. If you can't agree to that, how are we ever going to come to an agreement on what is disinformation so you can police it on social media? Legally, I think you've got no idea what disinformation is, and I don't think the government's capable of it. Do you know who the greatest propagator of disinformation in the history of the world is? The U.S. government. Are you familiar with McNamara, the Pentagon Papers? Are you familiar with George W. Bush and the weapons of mass destruction? Are you familiar with Iran-Contra? I mean, think of all the debates and disputes we've had over the last 50 years in our country. We work them out by debating them. We don't work them out by the government being the arbiter. I don't want you guardrails. I want you to have nothing to do with speech. You think we can't determine... You know, speech by traffickers is disinformation. You think the American people are so stupid they need you to tell them what the truth is? You can't even admit what the truth is with the Steele dossier. I don't trust government to figure out what the truth is. Same. Government is largely disseminating disinformation. <laughs> I love how Senator Rand Paul, he like 
he like puts a puts a fork in it and he's like digging in the cabinet for another fork. I mean, it's he's never done, and I absolutely love it. Never gave him a shot. No, it never gave him a <laughs> shot to open his mouth and spread disinformation from the the Biden administration. <clears throat> Good for him. You know, to his point, we don't need guardrails. We have a First Amendment. We have a First Amendment. And it's up to the American public to discern what is true and what is false. Because the bulk of false information comes from the pagans. It comes from the same folks who say men can be women. It comes from the same folks that say, well, I don't know what a woman is. I'm not a biologist. The disinformation comes from the same folks who accused Donald J. Trump of colluding with Vladimir Putin to win the 2016 election. And then we find out that it was all fake. It was all disinformation. And as a matter of fact, we just found out a couple weeks ago that the information that started the witch hunt against Donald J. Trump, the, the, the disinformation that started the investigation, was user-created. And from a technological standpoint, those of you who are techies out there, you understand this, or those in law enforcement, user-created means it's fake. It's, it means that someone created fabricated evidence to begin an investigation. They themselves created the evidence, and it's fake. There was no organic nature about it. And then these are the same folks that say that a baby's not a baby. A baby's not a baby, even though the president just called it a child. And so I'm outlining how the people that are actually responsible for the majority of misinformation are the same people that want to censor what they call misinformation. And my question is, is do we really want the government and who's in charge to be regulating speech? Because what about this? What if Christians get in charge and then they use these same tools that the left's trying to use to censor us? What if we used it against them? What if we used it against them? What if Christians got in office and got in charge of the laws and the policies and the executive branch and everything, the FBI, and we just decided that we don't like people who don't have a biblical worldview, and so we're going to punitively go after them with the U.S. government and everything they say that doesn't align with Scripture and God's Word, we're going to deplatform them, censor them, and not allow them to participate in American society. Oh, that would be roundly rebuked, and rightly so, because that's not how this system is set up. That's not how this country is set up. We have a First Amendment. People have the right to say what they want to say, of course, unless it goes into the illegal realm, such as threatening bodily harm against another individual. But the Democrats want to set up this disinformation board just like we have in communist China. But the majority 
historically, the majority of people and governments and tyrants that want these ministries of truth, these disinformation boards, they need that because they don't like the truth getting out. Because, see, if if the truth is on your side, then you shouldn't be intimidated and scared by the opinions and the viewpoints of other people. Which is why it's very rare that you will see Christians call for other people that don't share our worldview to be deplatformed, to be censored, to be shut down. No, they can't talk. I don't want them to talk. I don't want to hear their opinion. As a matter of fact, Christians many of them major in apologetics. They major in being able to discuss their faith with people who disagree with them. Christians don't major in disinformation boards and how can we de-platform atheists. No, because the free exchange of ideas and beliefs and opinions and theories has been a hallmark of American society. And so the disinformation board that the Democrats have set up and the Department of Homeland Security, meanwhile, they're neglecting some of the primary duties of the DHS, such as securing our border. We've got to get our priorities back in order. Let's stop going after our fellow American citizens because we don't like what they say. And how about we start going after people who are breaking American law as we speak, such as the cartels? such as illegal immigrants. AFA at the core, I'm Walker Wobbin. Thank you so much for joining the show. Hey, don't forget, subscribe to the podcast by going to AFA at the core, wherever you listen to podcasts, click the subscribe button, and we'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.